This is a Voice in the Wilderness podcast channel. Today's topic is going to be God's will is everything. Our will is nothing. But first a prayer. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Ghost, Amen. All that I am, all that I have, all that I do shall be consecrated to the service, honor, and glory and exaltation of the Immaculate Heart of Mary, the Sacred Heart of Jesus, and the Heavenly Kingdom. In Jesus' name I pray, Immaculate Heart of Mary, please pray for us. Sacred Heart of Jesus, please pray for us. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost, Amen. So, uh, I'm really not sure how to start off this topic because like everything else in the spiritual life, it's deep and multifaceted. But for the sake of my listeners and also for myself because uh, I'm not a saint, I'm not a theologian, I'm not a canon lawyer, and I, for the sake of my episodes, I try to stick with what I know, or at least, at the very least, I try to stick with what I myself have experienced with the understanding that we are all individuals and God deals with us in our own way. So what I necessarily see and notice may not be your experience, which is fine. But doing God's will and the importance of his will is one of the facets of divine providence. Before you can do God's will, you must surrender to his will. And as I never get tired of saying, um, I have many flaws and weaknesses. Um, I would never make the claim, at least not at this point, that I do God's will, or for that matter, his blessed mother's will, perfectly. Um, But insofar as I'm able, I do try to do his will. And at the end of the day, that's all God asks of us is to at least make ourselves uh, to do the best we can with what we've been given. That's what the parable about the, uh, I think it's uh, five, three, and one talent is about. 
talents. Um, but the importance, if you don't come away anything, I'm sorry, if you do not come away with anything from this episode, I hope and pray that you will come away with at least this takeaway. Your will means nothing. And that's the God's honest truth. Your will means nothing. The only... The only thing that matters as far as your will is concerned is being putting your will in the hands of our Lord and Savior. That's it. In other words, you have to not just will to do His will, but you also have to will to accept His truth. Now, I realize if any of my long-term listeners, if indeed I even have any, know I've spoken on this. But I've listened enough to my original podcast to know that I may cover a topic in one episode and mention it in a couple more in an indirect way. And the overall message is the same, but the approach and the observations are slightly different. Now, I know a lot of people would consider that pedantry. It's only pedantry, and I owe this to my my good friend. It's only pedantry if you keep hammering the same point the same way. Um, I do listen to some of my episodes to more or less, as I've said before, to more or less see what I can tighten up. And as near as I can tell, I do I do talk about certain subjects multiple times, but as near as I can tell, there are variations within those episodes. What is said, what is covered what is stressed. But at the very, at the very least with this episode, I've also learned that not everyone starts at the beginning. Not every, and as far as my original podcast goes, I don't think that anyone listens to it anymore. Once again, that's fine. It's God's podcast and he will do with it as he wishes. And speaking of God's will and this podcast, 
God gave me a revelation today about this podcast. And that he literally reminded me, hey, jackass, this isn't yours. This is mine. I'll do with it as I see fit. Or my mother. We will do with it as we see fit. You're just the broken tool we use. And, you know, I, I got to say, I'm really grateful when they do that to me because, you know, me being the flawed, failed individual that I am, I often forget. I often forget things that um, they, they remind of me in the past. I suspect that's due to my obstinacy and um, part of it probably is a little hardness of heart too. But every once and again, they have to correct me, and I do appreciate it. I really do. Because at the end of the day, our mission in life, besides helping to get people on the Ark of Salvation, is following our Lord and His Mother's will and becoming perfect instrument. In instruments of the of their will as best as we can and as I never get tired of saying um we God does not expect the impossible for us he just wants us to make the attempt and the rest of it, him and his mother and the saints in heaven will take care of the rest. We have to be willing, you know, um, we, we have to at least make the attempt. And part of our will or surrendering to his will is intellectual assent to his truth. Not our conception of the truth, but his truth. Meaning you Vatican II sect members, you Protestants, you Eastern schismatics, you uh, seculars, you atheists, um, you neotrads, that especially applies to you. You, you. you don't get to make it up as you go along. You don't. You may think you do, but when you die and you get shown that, oops, you made a little boo-boo, that's too late. Your will's fixed. Eternity in hell awaits. And as I never get tired of saying, I don't care how bad your life is on earth, 
Um, Earth is but a blink of an eye compared to eternity. It's no joke and you shouldn't treat it as such. The reason I bring this up is, as my longtime listeners know, I have a Pinterest and I have a Tumblr account. And a little edgy, little Satanist on there like to go on to my blog on Tumblr. And they like to post their little edgy, stupid comments. Now, I understand that they're doing this literally out of ignorance. And they are. Because if they were aware of what they're doing... They wouldn't be doing it, and they would be set of conscious in their own right. But, you know, they they think that they get to do things that they want to. They don't. Now, as I said in my last episode, my job is to inform, not convince, So I'm not going to try to talk them out of their error. Um, If the Lord and his blessed mother are willing, they'll realize their error and they'll correct it. If they don't, then their false conceptions are going to haunt them for eternity while they burn and maggots eat them and the demons torment them. We don't get a we 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 don't get to do our will. I mean, let me rephrase that slightly. We have free will. So we're given the choice of either doing God's will and assenting to his truth, or we don't. And a lot of people get this twisted and think that. That means they get to do whatever they want. Now, if that were the case, then I should be able to just walk into a gun store, grab a gun, and try to rob the bank. And when the cops show up and try to toss me in jail, I could try to tell them, no, 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 no. This is my will. Not, you know, I don't care about your city laws. I, I don't care about your policemen. I don't care about them. This is what I want to do, and you got to let me do it. Now, anybody who's acquainted with reality knows that, no, that's not how she works. I'm going to be locked in a maximum security prison with some very unpleasant people for the uh, appointed amount of time. And in this scenario, in eternity, eternity never ends. You don't get to serve five minutes in hell. You don't get to serve a thousand years in hell. You don't get to serve 50,000 years in hell. You serve for eternity in hell. Eternity, forever. Forever. There's no end. 
I've covered this aspect that people treat God and Satan, heaven and hell, as abstractions. And a lot of it has to do with the, the society and the culture. And for that end, I'm going to point out to the more sick of you that that's why, not just in our Bible, but in Catholic teachings, it says we are to be the exact opposite of our society and culture. Now, I know that there's going to be some Protestants and some Vatican II types and some Neotrads who are going, well, I'm not like my neighbors. I'm not. I, I'm holy and devout. Well, if you have not submitted your assent to God's truth, which is pre-Vatican II Council Catholicism, I don't care if you um, do nothing but sit in your room all day, pray. And for that matter, neither is God. Because as long as you think that you know better than he does, and you, you think that you get to, to, to worship him and to believe the way you want to believe, then you might as well, you know, I, I had an argument with a friend of mine. He, he thinks that because Protestants and the Vatican II sect and the pagans like the Hindus and the Jews and the Muslims, that because they acknowledge a God, that they're not atheists. I tried my own gentle way to dissuade him from this line of thinking because it is a fundamental error. If you do not acknowledge God's truth, you are an atheist. And if this were not the case, if the original Catholic Church thought or taught that, well, as long as you're willing to acknowledge God, you're good, then why did they, for one thing, why did they try to convert their pagan neighbors to Catholicism? And number two, why did they try to convert the pagans in pagan countries to Catholicism. If you're not worshiping God in his true conception, you're an atheist. Now, I will make this distinction. Bishop Sanborn, a famous, a famous celibacontist prelate who runs a seminary, called it when you're not when you're not actually worshiping worshiping the true god but a god of your own conception he called it practical atheism so i will i i will make that caveat it is practical atheism 
actually my own spin on this particular concept is, and that's all it is, it's my spin, is that if you're not, if you're not um, worshiping the true God in his true religion, you can call it practical atheism. I prefer to just call it denying reality. You're no different than the misguided young people who think that sex is a construct, that it's not a physical reality. You're denying God's reality. That's all you're doing. Okay? And when you deny God's reality, you're an atheist. Anytime, anytime that we do not conform ourselves to God's reality, i.e. his will, his truth, we are being an atheist. Now, for those of us who know his truth, but we're not practicing it in our day-to-day existence, that's another thing altogether. But there is absolutely no way that I will call a heretic, i.e. Vatican II, Catholic, Protestant, um, Neotrad, or Pagans, Hindu, Confucian, Shinto, Jewish, Muslim. I will not call what they practice religions. I will not call them... um, I will not acknowledge that they have a conception of God because if they did, they would not be what they are, which is idolaters. And for you who are a little more carnal-minded, natural-minded, If you put sports above God, that's an idol. If you put politics above God, that's an idol. If you put your loved ones above God and his will, that is an idol. If you put your priest and your bishop on a pedestal, forgetting the fact that he's a human being just like you are, you have constructed an idol. If you choose not to submit yourself to God's will completely, you're making yourself into an idol because you, you're you not recognizing that he is your Lord and Savior and we're supposed to do as he wishes. Once again, nothing, nothing too complicated, nothing, you know, Nothing, um, you, you, you don't need a 300 IQ to get this. It's very simple. 
any well brought up and well educated uh, grade schooler would be able to get the concept. Of course, within the parameters of everyone being individuals. When we blind ourselves, and we do, to God's reality, you know, because we don't like that reality, or we're uncomfortable with it, and we choose to ignore that reality or deny it, once again, we as true Catholics are supposed to live in God's reality, not fight it. And if you want to bottom line it, at the end of the day, anybody who does not submit to pre-Vatican II Catholicism is denying God's will and his truth. But our wills, if we are honest and sincere, our wills mean nothing. I'm I'm going to try not to be didactic here. I just depressed. The point needs stressing. Our will only counts is that if we if we submit it to God's will, that's it. That's that is the only thing our will is for. If we are, consider ourselves true Catholics. That is why in uh, the Our Father prayer, it says, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. The reason why Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane told his father, your will be done, not mine, was not because he was a independent agent. He was trying, him and his father and the Holy Ghost are all connected, interrelated. His will was perfectly united with God's will. Same with the Holy Spirit. He was saying that so that he could model an example for his flawed, failed, disobedient children, myself included, of course. That's it. And once again, I think I've taken care of the main point. Um, Part of the spiritual life is so that we can unite our will with our Lord's and his blessed mother's, of course. And unless you do that, unless you receive a singular grace from our Lord or his blessed mother, I fear that the results are not going to be very encouraging, to say the least. So, 
I think I've said what is necessary. God's will is everything. I mean, if you're honest and sincere in your love for our Lord and his mother, your will is nothing insofar as your will is to be submitted to his. That's the bottom line. You don't need to have a PhD in theology to understand that. You don't need to be the next St. Teresa of Avila to understand that concept. You just have to have the willingness to do it. So, I do care about everyone. Once again, take it for what it's worth. And I'd like to see as many people get to heaven as possible. Once again, you have to accept the graces that you're given despite despite that you may hate the outcome or you may hate the circumstances. His will, not ours, be done. I pray for everyone. I really do. Thank you for listening. Have a good day. God bless you. Bye-bye.